0: Hey guys, I'm Danny,
1: and I'm EJ and this is the Your Living Proof Podcast
0: where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. What up and welcome back to another episode of the Living Proof Podcast. Um, We got a special one today. There's three of us in the studio again.
1: Yeah, we love when... Our special friend comes. Really what we like I'm, is I'm, a mediator
0: I'm between the two of us. Building suspense. We argue less when someone else is here with us.
1: It's true. That is true.
0: It, it is
2: very we're, true. We're grateful for that. I yeah, just, uh, If I can like hop in early, I just come for the sandwiches and I've told you guys that before. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know
1: what? I love that about you. Your honesty. The,
0: the beautiful voice of Smith Alley. Yes. We've had him on the show before, but. We brought him back. We have some special stuff to talk about. Yes,
1: because we love Smith. We just can't get enough of this.
0: So this is episode 36. We just want to start off real quick. And I, I have a little story. I was at the gym this morning. Maybe this is more relevant for me than others. But I was at the gym this morning. I see this gal that works there who's walking someone around. This person's obviously overweight, out of shape, like any anyone who's probably walking into the gym for the first time in a while. Yeah. And starts talking about... You know the gym, the training. They start talking. They actually they have a, a machine in their office that kind of dials in people's percentage of body fat and their yeah. They're don't bo-
1: get on that machine. It's stupid. Okay, <laughs> it's you should. Worst.
0: Of all people, you should. <laughs> no. Anyway, as I was just kind of observing because we all well maybe if you don't know, my wife will attest to this. I I am constantly listening.
1: Danny, don't ever go to dinner with Danny because he will look straight through you and be listening to the table behind you, their conversation and analyzing everything that's going on. It's
0: the ADD in me. I just am always observing and listening to everyone's conversation. So here I am working out and I'm listening. And it dawned on me, you know, we're pretty good as humans when things are out of line to go and get help. In this example, it was physical, right? I'm going to go and get healthy. I want to get in shape. We're pretty good at that. So we do what we're supposed to do. We go out and we ask for help. We change up things. We implement new things into our life. Yeah,
1: get uncomfortable.
0: But you know what? When it comes to mental health, yeah, we've always sucked at that. We have. Yeah. We've sucked. And, it, and in the past, it was because there was limited knowledge, understanding. There wasn't awareness. Okay. But aside from that, there was no practicality of any sort of institutions, programs, right. things to follow right? It's just, it blows me away how good we're, we are at doing those things. Whether it's, if you're financially out of balance, you'll go meet with a person, you'll set a budget, you'll do these things. If you're out of shape physically, you go meet with a person, you set into place these things and you follow them.
2: Well, I just quickly too. What's crazy about what's happening with, with mental health and especially with youth mental health is, you know, that same analogy, what, what we're doing right now with mental health. It's like, if you're obese and you sit there and you're like, oh, obesity is a problem, but I'm not obese. Right. Yes. Like we sit there as as a community and we say, oh, mental health is a problem. But like, it's not my problem. Correct. And it's not right. affecting the people that I love. Correct. And which is crazy. It's like it's like being broke and being like the national debt is a problem, but my finances are great. And then yeah. somehow separate, yeah. separated.
0: And I, I think, you know, we talk a lot about substance abuse, you know, addictions to alcohol and other, other substances, but the mental health is it's, it encompasses all it's the depression. It's anxiety. It's suicidal tendencies, thoughts, feelings. It's, it is addictions to things. It's pornography. It's sexual addictions. It's all of those things that just keep people stuck and sick. And we're just not very good at reaching out. So I just had that experience this morning and it just made me realize, I'm like, gosh, how do we change it? How do we make it more socially accepted to walk into a place like you would a gym, like this lady I witnessed this morning and start the process. I, it's a perfect, I
1: I love that because that's, I mean, that's why we're working with Smith actually. um, And why we're doing um, putting together the workshops and things that we're doing. But it's interesting to me too, that you're so right. where mental health and and those types of struggles. And I would say culturally also just like struggles with pornography or things like that are cards that we hold. It's the one card we won't show. It's, you know, I'm in the community and I will will be all in, but I'm keeping this one card back because it's ugly. And I don't, I am too embarrassed. I don't want anybody to see it because I'm afraid of, What that might mean for you and me, maybe it'll make you think differently of me, and that's where I think we're so broken. And what you were to your point, Smith, is you know we're willing to acknowledge that there's an overall problem, but we aren't willing to look
2: me problem, yeah,
1: and internalize it as well. What can I do, right?
2: Yeah, for those listening that you know in the next five minutes will have their kid crying or have to go pick up their kid from school, the workshops that that. EJ is talking about the our raising kids in combat workshop. We actually had our first kickoff last Saturday yeah. and it was just phenomenal. If you want to learn more about that, how you can become a, a better parent and raise your kids for the war that they're going through, go check out um both of our pages, Danny at your living proof and me at live.life.bigger to get more information. Um you know, that's just for the people who yeah, and we'll can only yes. get through three quarters of an episode. because yes. I'm for sure one of those. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and we'll
0: link that in the note. But let's back up real quick and thank you, Smith, for clarifying that. We're assuming that people know what we're talking about. Yeah, Smith is doing a lot of things on his own, relentlessly trying to help. You know, with his his foundation and his company, we are doing the same with Living Proof. What we did is we came together to, I guess, broaden our reach to encompass more. So we're taking the experience and and expertise that he has and adding to it ours so that we can help more people from A to Z. right? Right, Right. And we began putting on some workshops. As Smith mentioned, it's called raising kids in combat. We plan on having multiple events here throughout spring and summer, and you can find all the dates, like he said on our pages, but these workshops are something special both of us are talking about it from a personal standpoint what smith shares is what he's been through what he learned how he overcame it and i'm doing the same with mine what we're hoping is that between the two of us every parent that comes can really leave with a complete transformation right and a totally new understanding of how to approach these problems a totally new understanding of, of tools and resources to change the dynamic in their home and just improve the situations because these workshops are targeted at one thing. The word is prevention. It's preventing these tragic things from happening in your life. It's it's preventing these tragic pitfalls from addictions happening in your life. So Smith came out here today with us to talk a little bit more about that, but I know you also had a heavy day. Why don't you kind of share with us what happened today and maybe a little story there.
2: Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to share this, this quote from a book called The Wounded Healer. Um, and, and I think this is where, where Danny and I kind of fall because I I always tell people like I have no qualifications for, for doing what I do. You're not going to catch me with a degree. You're not going to, I don't even have a high school diploma yet. Hopefully I'll be getting one this spring. We're, We're hoping and praying, crossing our fingers, but you know, I don't have qualifications. What qualifies me is that, and Danny, is that we're both, we, we've both been failures. And that's just, that's the best way to to explain it. We've both, we've both just terribly failed. And I think only by the grace of God have we climbed back out of that. Um,
0: and some hard work.
2: And yeah, and some hard work and decided to turn our mess into our message. And so this quote says, a minister's service will not be perceived as authentic unless it comes from a heart wounded by the suffering about which he speaks. The great illusion of leadership is to think that others can be led out of the desert by someone who has never been there. Mm. And I, I think that's what we're trying to do. Like A great help, I mean, we talk about me and Danny doing this, but I, another great help and someone that I work a lot with is is my mom. And we, they've made a lot of parenting fails in in raising me. I've made a lot of human fails in being a human. And together we take those and we're like, here's what not, not to do. Yeah. And here's what we've seen would be better than what we did. Um, and I think that's important. The second thing that I want to talk about uh, today, in, in fact, if you look at the post that they'll do about this episode, you'll see that I'm in my, my dress clothes. Um, I never wear dress clothes. So yeah, I know. It's the first for yeah. me. This is the first
1: time I've seen you dressed you, up.
2: You usually catch me in jeans and my Jordans and um, a hoodie. But I went to today the, the second funeral in, in a month that I've been to for kids who have taken their life. Kids. Kids. The, the first one, Drake Hardman, was um, a month ago on, on February 18th. Um, and today I went to a funeral for, for someone at my school, uh, named Cameron and it's now March 18th. And so exactly a month away, I went to a viewing a month ago and a funeral today. So like, what's the deal with that? You know, right. And then in, in my district this year, last fall in October, I had a friend uh, named Jared pass away, um, as well. He, he took his life and then a little girl named Izzy in my district as well 3 3 kids in one school district in less than 6 months yeah, and six I need months.
0: to jump in and add something Smith and I shared this at our at our kickoff event the tragedy of that's unacceptable and if you if you understood the point is that all happened in just your little sliver of the world mm-hmm. last week I was working with a family whose daughter and sister was in a psychiatric unit at a smaller type hospital here in our valley um one of many right yeah and inside of this facility i had a chance to speak with her and and there was a chaotic moment and the the, the nurse that was in charge was running around they just so much going on are you with the family no and i told her what i do and she's or sorry he said what do you do and i explained and he he shared with me something interesting and this is why i want to add it to what you just said they had had 13 young adults admitted into their unit the psychiatric unit in the last five days bursting at the seams now every single bed's full of young people who had failed attempts at suicide so yes what smith just shared is tragic and that's the end result which no one wants i i just i think what's interesting is how much there's just so many rumblings that we don't feel right like yeah that at this one single hospital that I happened to be talking to last week and find out that over a dozen young people had been admitted to there for attempting to do that, just at that one little hospital.
2: Yeah, and the, the terrible thing about this all, right, and this is what I've said a, a million times over. Four years ago now, a kid at my school took his life. His name was Giovanni, um, and I remember that so vividly. I was in ninth grade. No, I was in eighth grade. And everybody was like, always remember Jove, you know, do it for Jove. And then two years later, this this kid named Brock, who I had actually been friends with in seventh and eighth grade, we had kind of faded apart in ninth grade. And then in 10th grade, Brock took his life. And that is and still is one of the biggest regrets of my life, because I remember seeing him in the hallway with his hood up and his AirPods in and just he was obviously not in a good place. And I remember wanting to reach out to him, but I never did. And so that was a huge regret. But then Brock died and, you know, the community comes together on these things. They yeah. really do. Like, yeah. l- let's realize that the community is strong, but it should stay strong and it doesn't. Yeah. And then like three months later after after Brock dies, then no one's talking about Brock anymore, right? It's yeah. just like, it's like it never happened.
1: Yeah.
2: And that that will just continue to be because it's not our priority. It's only our priority when tragedy happens, yep. right? Yeah. then we get back to our our usual life and then we just don't think about it anymore. We don't, we don't remember those kids. And what I try to do is like, I think about those kids every single day. I think about Brock every single day because there was a time where who knows, maybe if I would have walked past him and stopped him and been like, hey, Brock, how's it going? You know, I haven't talked to you in a while. I, I hope you're doing great. Doing good. I love and I care about you. Maybe that would have changed things. And, you know, I think I try and think about these people every single day, you know, look at pictures of them and remember them because we can't just keep forgetting. Yeah. We can't keep forgetting. And we have to, again, not only just feel because we as a community, we we come together and we feel these emotions and we support the family of the victim and then it's over. And then it's like nothing happens. And what people don't understand, especially parents, is like, parents, the, the next victim could be your kid. Yeah. Very likely. And what I always talk about, um, you know, people ask me, because I'm, I'm super involved in, like, safe tech and setting boundaries. And people ask me, you know, why technology or social media and mental health? And I'll tell them all the time, like, you, you can't separate the two. Yeah, they're, they're you, handed. Yeah, they're, they, are they are the same. And because of that, because of that, every parent needs to be aware this workshop that we created is for everyone.
0: It is. The other perspective to this to add to again is I'll tell you right now, it's never said, it's never talked about, but the mentality that a young person has before, before they actually take their life, there's a lot. It doesn't just come overnight. Like mm-hmm. There was, there was a progression of things that happened. There are so many people who, before they do that, they find a substance. Yeah. And I'm not saying everyone that develops an addiction it becomes an alcoholic is not that place, but most of them got to that dire desperate place where they found something that, that prolonged it. But what's happened now is they're acting, their life is taken from them. And so to speak now with their addiction, but what I'm really hoping to, to try and communicate is that they would have gone that route yet, but they found something instead. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like they found a sponsor for their they death. They
0: did a, a sponsor for their death just... and it's just prolonging the inevitable, right? Until right. they break that. So, Yes, we need to stop that. We need to stop that from happening. We need to stop the fact that it's forgotten about and people just move on. But the two go really well together. Whenever they bring out those statistics of teen suicide or overdose, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> the reality is they're kind of the same. When a person gets to, there are accidental overdose. They're the smallest percentage, but most people who overdose get to the point where their usage is so reckless, so dangerous it's almost a death wish every time they're using.
2: Right. And I, I like I actually just got a, a message. This this last weekend, I actually, because this kid passed away last Friday, I posted a video about it. Um, I was just super emotional, uh, especially because it happened in my, my own town at, at my school. But after that, the, that video kind of went viral, and I was getting, I probably got, I don't know, a thousand messages that weekend. And one of them was a guy who had just been released from, from the hospital, uh, a hospital near me, for he attempted overdose. Of course, I won't say, you know, what he was, yeah. but what he popped. But um, he tried that, and, and that is big. And, of course, like, we want you to understand the how severe this is. But most importantly, we want you to realize that this is what you have to do right now. And we've created something. You know, I, I always tell people, I remember... Learning how to write a check, I think in the third grade. Yeah. Right? I'm not writing a check as a third grader. Yeah. Who, you, who are we joking? But no one taught me how to deal with my emotions. Yeah. No one right. taught me how to no deal with No one talked
0: to you about sexual confusions or exactly. feelings. Yeah.
2: And so this is, this, this needs to be a priority. Yeah. And not just when, tr- when tragedy strikes, it needs to be a priority yeah. all the time. Well, and so I love that. Yeah.
1: Well, I was just going to say it was, we were talking about this right before the workshop started Mm -hmm. and we were talking about like the frog in the water will always jump out when you put it in and it's already boiling. Like it it detects sudden change like very fast and efficiently, but it's, it's the frog in like the lukewarm water that dies. Right. And in my opinion, that's like every parent. Mm Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we're good. Like we, are good. We have really like tight relationships in our family. Like we talk about things. Like we've got parental controls. Like we're good. And that's actually the that's actually the person that needs to come, right? Because I actually applaud you for being invested and being proactive. But unfortunately, um, we've we've learned that um, as much as we try, we're always behind the eight ball a little yeah. bit as, as parents.
2: Well, and what I'm what I'm seeing, I'm working right now just one on one with like eleven youth for for different things, whether it's pornography addiction. Um, I'm working with a lot of youth who are having struggles with their mental health. This last weekend, over a thousand messages, I had parents reach out whose kids are struggling, and they're trying to get them into like a residential treatment or a therapist. But the the treatment facilities or the therapists are at least three to four weeks out, oh, yeah. and so I'm working with them to kind of bridge that gap and. Help them. So, we like to think that all of you listening know that there's an issue, and that's probably why you're listening. So we're gonna stop preaching to the choir. Yeah. Um, yeah. And understand that, like, all right, let's just let's just start this work because I can work one on one with eleven youth. That I mean, I'm still in high school. I there's only so many hours in the day, right? We want to create a family that does that by themselves, right? Yes. Like yeah. we, our goal. And like I'll just go into the businessy side of it. Our goal is to create a one-time customer, a customer who comes once, who changes their habits, and then they changes do all, their home. Yeah, they do it all on themselves. Yep. We, we don't want to have to do things over and over again. We don't want that. Yeah.
0: Um, and it doesn't matter if your kids are young, old. If you're a grandparent, you come and and I would what I want to just paint a picture of is what's being talked about. Right. Like Smith can cover. Why don't you tell them the things that you're helping. Parents with just quickly?
2: Yeah, so I have um, my company Protect Strong. I help a lot with like safe tech. And so, what I do a lot is just teaching parents how to set up their technology safely, which is just crucial in every aspect. Um, and then I, I teach parents so, like, what you need on your technology, I would say the three P's you should have a proactive step uh, or a proactive guard, um, a protective guard and a zoning permit for each device in your house. Um, And of course you could learn more about what those are and then talk about like what filters. So a lot of that technical stuff, but also how parents can, because they're raising kids in combat, they're the leader, they're the general, the commander. So how can you do that? How can you do that better? And then one thing that I'm really excited for that we actually didn't do at our kickoff, I'm, I've created this journaling tactic that I've been using now for four and a half years, um, I can attribute a lot of my my recovery and my success to it. And I'm going to be teaching parents how to show their kids how to do that. And so...
0: I think one of the s- most beneficial things Smith shares as far as what I heard from other parents is the perspective of what their person's going through. The perspective of, I know what your son or daughter's going through because I lived it. Right. here's what we did. Not just me, but here's what I did with my parents that worked to help overcome it. Yeah, And it's powerful. And, and it's interesting because we're coming here at two different dynamics. We're coming here with this big, beautiful man that's in senior in high school. is much bigger than me. And then you have this middle-aged man who's been through it walk-to-walk in a different way. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to bring these two perspectives. What I'm trying to help parents understand is how we create these a, a home, right? Where love and brokenness can exist together we a home where no one harbors secrets, where we're able to talk about and navigate through difficult conversations, how we're able to create connection, which is the opposite of addiction. And all of these efforts are in, to help people like be ahead of the game, right? Like we talk about these problems and the thing's depressing. People are like, I don't want to listen to this. What we're trying to do, like Smith said, is a one-time deal where people can come and change. Like it's it, it's a positive, exciting environment where we say, we don't need to go down this path. We don't have to have this fatal outcome as so many others. We can actually be ahead of the game. Stop reacting to these problems and do some things. And I think that's exciting.
2: And it's, it's not just motivational too. It's yeah. like, because I speak a lot. I, I'm speaking usually 15 to 20 times a month. And what, what I realized is like, I don't feel like I give, especially like during parent nights, enough tools. And so what we've done, um, Danny, EJ and I, is we've put together a workbook that lays out how to do every single one of these things that, that we'll talk about. And in that you create so much value because you're not just being inspired to change. You're being shown how to change, which by the way is hard Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's hard to see change and it's hard to, to want to do that. But if you do, and if you can, I think the, the benefits that you can see and, not only that, but the benefits that your kids will see. Yeah. Like I'm telling you right now, the kinds of kids that I work with, they're from all different ends of the spectrum from, you know, football players who have D1 scholarships to kids who just hang out and stone at the school, all different kinds of spectrums, but they all know that they want success in life. And the things that I'm, that I'm teaching with them, like the way that I'm, helping them build their character, it's actually working. Yeah. Right? It's not... I'm not sitting them down and telling them a lesson. I'm saying, look, here's what you need to do. Go do it and report back to me at the end of every day. And they do.
1: Well, it's really empowering. And that that's what I think is... That's what I love about these workshops is it's not like, okay, we're going to like talk at you about things that you need to do better. <laughs> it's literally like we created like an outline for you to follow, we're going to show you how to have these difficult conversations. We're going to tell you the roadblock you, you could be hitting when you're really trying to connect with your child. Right. We're going to show you how to do it. So you're going to leave with a ton of new information and a workbook to work through after you leave you can do it with your spouse you can share all that you have it in your hand and that was actually one of the big feedback um conversations i've been having with people was you know i brought my husband and he did not want to go Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know he was like really irritated actually like didn't want to be there and uh 20 minutes in he was you know nudging me saying this is really good This is really good. And then it led to a completely separate conversation after they left about how they were going to implement these things. And that's what, that's what we want. We, we know that our listeners are people that are like, their ears are perked. They're like, we're in, we want to do better. This is the how to guide. Yeah, And
0: I think to paint the picture of what it's like, Smith and I are talking from personal experience, bearing our souls. We're putting on skits and embarrassing ourselves. The we're skits are good, guys. splitting groups and we're going into <laughs> breakout groups and doing workshops independently. We're feeding people. We're switching groups. We're coming back, talking about, you know, recapping what we learned and challenging people and giving them tools like the workbook. So it's exciting. It's fun. I Everyone had a good time last time. Yeah. It wasn't a somber mood where people were just depressed. They were, I think people were on the uppity up after feeling like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to change yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you leave with just one or two things that you go home and do, those one or two things are going to give you a high probability to avoid
2: some of this tragedy. But yeah. But the other thing is you won't, because there's 14, you will literally leave with 14 things in that book yes. of things that, that you'll true. do. Yeah. And like, that's, I mean, honestly, just talk about the value of, you know, I I explain the technology side and, and how to do that, that... Name somewhere else you can find that. Right. I'll show you all the way that your kids are getting around your restrictions, what restrictions you should need. Yep. There's so much value in it. And it's, it really is just a solution. And that's what we're, that's what we're trying. That's what we're trying to to pitch is that. Stop reacting to all this. Everyone needs this. Like everyone. Yeah. And even if your kid is the most, you know, tight, laced up Molly, Molly Mormon, in living in, you know, I don't know, where's the most Mormon city in Utah, <laughs> but living in <laughs> Provo, Utah, it does, it does not matter Yeah. because even if they're gr- good, right? Even yeah. if they're good, let's figure out how we can bump up that one more step and find you great. Yeah. And, and I think that's what it's all about. And so I'd, I'd strongly encourage anyone and everyone to come to it. I think the value there is just crazy. Like yeah, like the amount of value that 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 workshop has, I mean, it's still blowing my mind.
1: Yeah, it is it, what, what it's offered for. It's amazing, and I will also say to parents who are like, "Oh man, I wish I would have known. Wish I would have had this when my kids were younger." Guess what? You're still a parent, mm-hmm. and this information is is totally relevant to your adult children too. You can help them become better parents, and what better could you do than be the best grandparent and to be able to understand what, you know, your grandchildren or your, your neighbor's kids are going through. I mean, we all live in a community where we can we can really impact the outcome of people that are around us. And that's, that's what I love is we do, we are really good at doing, but we need like an instruction manual. Well, we made it for you.
0: Yeah. So come join us. <laughs> We're excited. We have one coming up on the 26th of March. Yep. Right, and then we'll have another one on April seventh.
1: No, May seventh.
0: Sorry, May seventh. Um, but there's lots of dates coming out, so we hope everyone joins us. Come
1: and we can take our show on the road, right? Yep. Like if you want to do this, like you're like, oh man, I live in St. George, I wish I could do this. Yeah, somewhere. or
0: you live in Arizona or somewhere, we will we'll bring the show to you, and yep. you can set something up, and we'll help you do it in your community to make a difference. So let's stop reacting to all these problems. Let's stop sitting back and, and feeling the tragedy when, when this happens, we can, we can learn to play offense rather than defense. Right. Absolutely. Any last words from you, beautiful people.
2: Come raise your kids in combat. That's right. Hey,
1: I'm going to link everything in the show notes, how to register all the information, how to find Smith, how to find protect strong, how to find us. If um, you want to connect and get us to your uh, community, we are here. We are your people. Um, Join forces with us. Share this podcast with somebody that that doesn't listen to it. Um, Just help us get the word out and have an awesome week.
0: Thanks, guys.